Hello, I'm Ryan. And I'm Brody. And this is the High Volatility Experience. What do you like, Brody? I love free money. Big man Joe Biden earlier this week signed the stimulus into action. And now families making less than $160,000 can qualify for up to $1,400 per person. That's right. The House gave its approval on Wednesday and the bill was signed by President Biden the following day. So, Brody, I don't want to start off with big questions, but what are some things you took note from this new stimulus package? Well, one thing I really like was the $7.25 billion for small businesses, which make up a large portion of the U.S. economy. What do you have to say on that? Yeah, so we know how devastated small businesses have been as a result of the coronavirus pandemic. Uh, Last year, a study done by Yelp found that on average, 800 small businesses closed each day from April to August. And federal data shows that the pandemic has forced roughly 32% of all businesses in Michigan to close, at least temporarily. And this is actually one of the greatest percentages across the U.S. So speaking of the entire U.S., small businesses are what economists fear to be very hurt from the pandemic going forward with the excess liquidity and risk of inflation that we're seeing in in the market right now. And yeah, I think they pose a long term risk because 32% of them have closed uh, in one state alone. Right. It's going to be it's it's going to be very interesting I think to see kind of how how they will recover, right? Because temporary shutdowns, we don't know how they're going to recover as far as, you know, payroll goes, like where how their employees are doing and all that. So, just to move on, um what else does the stimulus package include that you thought was notable? noteworthy. So I am a big believer in food equals happiness. And in the new stimulus deal, we received $25 billion grant program for restaurants and other drinking establishments. And this is huge. Restaurants are equal to 4% of the U.S.'s total 2019 GDP. Wow. And they make up 10% of the total workforce. So Really keeping them up and running is has amazing consequences for the U.S. Yeah, you know, getting them back on their feet means more spicy chicken Popeye sandwiches for the rest of us, you know? Love those. I am with you. It's it's a controversial topic, whether the Chick-fil-A sandwich or the Popeye sandwich is better. Okay, not, let, 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 let's, not, let's, not turn, let's not make this political. Um, we should. My bad. All right. So uh, what okay. else? What else? So... My my next point is very personal to me. A few years ago, I was on a train in Chicago, and there was this centaur that got on the plane or on the train, and it wasn't a, it wasn't an actual centaur. It was a it was a guy wearing no shirt, but had like a centaur costume. Did he? Actually? And he was holding cakes, and he dropped the cake on one guy, and I felt really bad, but I also laughed a ton. And that's how I feel about transit. Okay. Uh, so going back to uh, the stimulus deal, 
there were $30 billion for transit costs uh, included and supplied for uh, state governments and everything relating to transit governments. What do you have to say about that? Right. So 5% of U.S. workers use public transit to get to work. And keeping this open is obviously very vital because it allows them to function with their businesses, whether they be big or small. Any sort of boost to livelihood or productivity is very important to revitalizing these small, especially small businesses. Yeah, so I think the focus here is big cities because the people working there, I've heard stories that people just don't have cars. They either Uber or use taxis or they just use the public train or bus. So really, this has consequences that I think a lot of people are going to miss where if people either didn't feel safe or couldn't take the train or bus before, they will be able to now, and this will allow them to get to the jobs where they can't be online and work from it, but they also have to be there. So I think it's great for the rest of us. Yeah, so finally we talk about the $8 billion for the airport industry. So do you want to talk about that a bit? Yeah, so international travel and leisure was obviously one of the biggest, hardest hit things from the pandemic. Right now, 13.5% of leisure workers are unemployed from the pandemic. This is down from, I think, around 18.9% in, I want to say, December. But that's still double what the unemployment rate is now. So I think it's not comparatively to the rest of the stimulus deal. That's not a ton. But I do think it's very important. Yeah, I mean, from an investor perspective, right, airport stocks were heavily impacted by the pandemic, leading to over 11 different airlines having to close their doors. Uh, Hopefully, we as investors remember, you know, Boeing at $80 and Delta around 30. Those were uh, bargain sales. And look at where they are now. We are recovering. We are definitely recovering. It's all good. Ryan, I have a very difficult question for you. What is it? Do you remember 2011? Honestly... I don't. The 2011 was boring. What what happened? I mean, you're totally right. But do you remember Nyan Cat? Yeah. Was was that 2011? Yeah, yeah. It was it was around then. It was pretty pretty old. And guess what? It's back, baby. Oh wait, wait. Okay, okay. Is this the part of the segment where we talk about how an animated GIF of Nyan Cat, a 2011 meme of a flying Pop Tart cat, sold for more than five hundred thousand dollars? Correct. We're talking about NFTs. What exactly are NFTs and why the heck are they being sold for literally hundreds of thousands of dollars for the most irrelevant and annoying meme of all time? Okay, so I actually remember talking about uh, this with one of my friends who was telling me how confused he was about the mania behind uh, NFTs and why people are willing to pay such ludicrous amounts of money for basically a digital photo or video or whatever other source of media. And well, it's It's a little more complicated than that. To put it simply, NFTs or non-fungible tokens are a piece of media trading through blockchain and cryptocurrency that encrypts a file and then you can trade the file. So, for example, Jake Paul has taken his face, put it on a Pokemon card, and has sold hundreds of them for $2,000 each. Jeez. 
<laughs> net totaling out to be five million dollars in profit for this twenty-something-year-old baby. Wow, he's he's actually doing good for the world. That, that that's surprising, but <laughs> that's up for debate. But what else about it? All right, so <laughs> going back to uh, NFTs. So really, these are pieces of artwork that have essentially been assigned a digital certificate that grants the buyer ownership into the original piece of artwork. And that's really the differentiating point between, you know, digital art and uh, what NFTs are, because obviously when you're looking at digital art, you can easily copy and paste something, right? For example, Mona Lisa, right? This priceless piece of artwork, you can just look it up online and copy and paste it and you have it there, but the value isn't there. That's where the difference where NFTs come in. You can be assured that these pieces of artwork are legit because there is an NFT code that contains the signature of the original creator, which verifies and authenticates the token on really any server. And again, because this is blockchain, the process is decentralized. Tokens be, can be verified on the blockchain as opposed to any single en entity. So NFTs are built on blockchains such as Ethereum. This is the most actively used blockchain. Yeah, it's it's not actually Bitcoin, by the way. Um, there's also Dapper Labs Flow or Polkadots. And NFTs are currently bought and sold on marketplaces such as Rarible and Nifty Gateway, as well as particular NFTs only available on certain websites like NBA Top Shot, which I'm sure that many of you have heard about. So, Brody, do you just want to talk about sort of the cryptomania that's going on? Obviously, we're talking about this for a reason because it, it's just crazy right now. The, the, the NFT market's going nuts right now. Do you want to talk about that? Ryan, it is insane what we're seeing out there. In the past, in the past few seven days, 147.8 million sales have been made on NBA Top Shot. This wow. is astronomical. Talk about Jake Paul and how much he's made. The number of digital wallets which are used to trade NFTs almost doubled to over 222,000. And the total value of NFT transactions quadrupled to $250 million last year, which is unheard of in other asset markets. Okay, so to go away from numbers just for a bit, I'm also reading that billionaires like Mark Cuban and other celebrities are actually cashing in on the NFT craze. Billionaire Dallas Mavericks owner has auctioned digital goods online and owns some of these NFTs himself. But not surprisingly, NFTs have been quite controversial. Like my friend brought up, you're buying for something that doesn't really exist. And my friend isn't the only one that thinks so. Former Christie auctioner Charles Ossup said the concept of buying NFTs made, quote, no sense. And the idea of buying something which isn't there is just strange, which he told BBC in an interview. Are there any other, like, polarizing points that you have as well? Yeah, so another NFT executive, if you want to call it, the head of partnerships at Dapper Labs, a company that makes blockchain-related products, Katie Tedman, said... NFTs are here to stay, which makes sense, but I think that it's a little early to tell where this technology is going and what's going to happen to it. Right. So I'm really waiting to see. Yeah, it really the question now is like really whether this is a bubble or not, right? It's still relatively new and 
no one can really predict what the market's going to do, especially with something like cryptocurrency and blockchain. So we'll have to look at it. And finally, we have some stock picks for you guys. Uh, Brody, do you want to start us off? Yeah, so, Ryan, do you know what they call me? Uh, what, what do they call you, Brody? They call me the all-seeing eye with spinal cord damage. And that is exactly what LCTX, or Lineage Cell Therapeutics, works on. They're a biotech company that focuses on uh, three different technologies. One about irreversible vision loss, another about spinal cord injuries, which, if bad enough, can total a patient up to $5 million in recovery. Wow. And finally, they have a very experimental treatment about cancer immunotherapy, which is just very big. Now, they're trading right now at $2.48. In the past, they've traded at $9 in the historic 2011, which we all remember very well. And in their latest presentation, they've noted that they have $57, yeah, total $57 in cash, $57 million in cash. And they have two possible data sets coming out in Q1, Q2, which I only see upside. In that same presentation, they say that they're they're seeing positive data and they are FDA designated for fast tracking. So I am definitely on board with this. I haven't seen many people get onto it yet, but I think as information comes out, we definitely will see it. My last point on it is they profited in Q4. They made one cent per share, hey, which is all right, all right. biotech in a pandemic. That's my pick. Ryan, what is yours? My pick for the week is ticker RBLX or Roblox Corporations. That's right. Uh, If you're not familiar, it's an American video game developer that has launched an online gaming program and gaming platform, gaming creation system known as Roblox. Now, Roblox, for those familiar, is kind of a meme. I could see this becoming a stock that Wall Street bets would target sometime in the near future. Uh, This is all the rage for kids under the age of 12. Now, the company has recently gone public just last year. Wednesday via direct public offering, and I believe this stock has some crazy potential. And here are just some of the takeaways I've had reading about this company and why this should definitely be on your watch list for the upcoming week. So Roblox Corporations was set at a market valuation of $29.5 billion in January, and it's now sitting at a current valuation of more than $38 billion after just three days of trading. The New York Stock Exchange initially gave RBLX the equity valuation of about $45 per share on Tuesday, which is the price that investors paid in January, but the shares instead opened at $66. That's like more than 40% up from the equity valuations. And so there's just a ludicrous amount of hype surrounding the stock. And if you think about it, COVID is going to send this to the moon, I mean, causing the user base to boom, daily users were up 85% in 2020. So, and the significance of that is that Roblox makes its money from sales of its in-game currency, Robux. You've all heard of it. So more users, more spending on the in-game currency, more revenue for Roblox. The company has a sales growth of 82% last year with more than $920 million in total revenue. Ryan, I have a question. Yeah. I have a very important is 
Is Robux going to become a cryptocurrency? Can I trade this at any time soon? You know, if or you if you you know if you assign the oof Roblox death to an NFT and Robux becomes a thing, I will buy up all those shares. So back to back to legitimate fundamentals. Uh, Kathy Wood. The CEO of ARK Investment Management purchased 500,000 shares of Roblox stock the day it went public, and now Roblox makes up about 0.47% of the fund's portfolio. So, am I telling you to buy this right now? No, yes. not, not, no, Brody, not necessarily, but you should be on the lookout for a good deal. At the moment, many people believe the stock's price is too high, and many of us were Who's expecting, <laughs> many of us were expecting the stock to open. At a price closer to $45, I mean, personally, I set my limit buy to 46 Unfortunately, that did not fill. But, I mean, despite that, the price has held between the high 60s and low 70s, coming down from Thursday pre-market highs of more than $90. Right now, from a current chart perspective, we're looking for consolidation. Uh, for long term, I believe this is a pretty good investment. For short term, we're really just looking for a curl on the one to two hour chart. So that's my pick for the week that you guys should be on the lookout for. So uh, This has been the High Volatility Experience. Thank you for listening. We'll be back next week. Have a good day.